Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. A little bit ago, <clears throat> I was skating around on YouTube and I ran into a little piece on <clears throat> the Feynman method. Um, the great 20th century physicist, Richard Feynman, <clears throat> a brilliant guy, very funny. Um, and he, 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 he used to teach quite a bit. And uh, <clears throat> he gave his students this um, method, how to learn. He says, first of all, you pick a subject that you want to know. Hit the books, study wherever you can, <clears throat> then write about it. If it makes sense, what you read, you're good to go. Your next step is to take that, what you have written, and what you now understand or don't, and go back and study more and then write again. Then explain this in simple words as possible to somebody else. If you can do that, you master the subject. If you don't, you go back to the books, <laughs> hit it again. <clears throat> so that's kind of what I'm doing here for myself, just so that you know. Um, so this section is on dependent origination. Um, for me and for most other people, uh, a, a difficult subject to get into. There's a lot going on, it has 12 steps in it. <clears throat> it introduces a number of um, kind of new concepts. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I've been banging up against it for eight, nine years uh, with <clears throat> greater and lesser degrees of success. And my understanding of it changes quite a bit it it, I, it not only does it refine sometimes it changes completely yeah. <clears throat> so you know what what's the teaching the teaching is is fairly basic and broad. um one of the things he says beforehand in another sutta is, is to explain the term. He says, when this is, that is. When this isn't, that isn't. When this arises, that arises. When this ceases, that ceases. So it's not a perfectly linear process. There's stuff going on at the same time. There are different streams going along. 
<clears throat> so the simple teaching is <clears throat> from ignorance as a requisite condition come fabrications. From fabrications as a requisite condition comes consciousness. From consciousness as a requisite condition <clears throat> comes name and form. From name and form as a requisite condition comes the sixth sense base. From that comes contact. From that comes feeling. From that comes craving, the center part. Craving leads to clinging and maintaining, leads to becoming, leads to birth, leads to this everlasting mess of stress. <clears throat> In my opinion, the way you approach this is not trying to get the whole thing because that's really hard and it gets frustrating and you quit. Um, it's good to read it through a couple of times and also use, there is a second sutta uh, that's the analysis of <clears throat> dependent origination, the Paticca Samvapada Vibhanga. Um, in that, the Buddha defines his terms Every step on the way, he tells you what it is in his, in his view. Um, <clears throat> that can be a, a good check to see if you're, if you're moving in the right direction. Um, for me, the trick has been to pick a link, any link. It doesn't matter. Something that either appeals to you because you think you've got an inkling of what it is or something that completely baffles you and you just can't get it. And you just get into, get into, into the analysis and see if you can make it sense, make sense to it. Um, then we come to the question, why did Siddhartha teach this? He was not a man known to waste words, waste his time. So <clears throat> when there is a teaching here that's been passed on, he had a damn good reason to teach it. There was something that he needed to explain. It's something that he needed you to understand. And the second thing is that he said many times, if this, if, if on, on any particular um, teaching and method, he said, if this were not possible, I wouldn't teach it. So remember that, you know, it's not a mystery. And you're not stupid when you don't get it right away. Um, this requires uh, inquiry. It, it requires just some, some effort. Um, so <clears throat> in this case, um, the hook was set for me 
um, from two lines in um, the Truth of Happiness course about two or three two weeks ago, um, in the section on the not self. And John's words here. From wrong view, the state of ignorance, you see yourself through contact with the senses as the perceiver. And all perceived phenomena as outside of yourself. Therefore, you must in fact have a permanent and separate existence from these phenomena. And I've read these lines a dozen <laughs> times. And I read them again and a bomb went off in my head because um, this is the first step of dependent origination. This is how from our normal state of ignorance, we make fabrications. This is the first fabrication. Mm. This is not, and, and remember, this is not the only way. We're talking about like a detail, a, a way in here. Um, because the benediction origination states that from ignorance as a requisite condition comes fabrication. I've never quite understood that. It was like, it's a vague thing. Well, what are we fabricating? Uh, a self, uh, a view of the world. Uh, and both of those are, yes, true, but it doesn't quite get it on the molecular level here. And this, these lines do. Because <clears throat> you have to start with these with these small understandings of, of the details of, of the, the one link you're looking at. Um, and this puts it in there very clearly. Not only that, but the consequences of this link run through the hold on. From wrong view, the state of ignorance, you see yourself through contact with the senses as the perceiver and all perceived phenomena as outside of yourself. Therefore, you must in fact have a permanent and separate existence from these phenomena. There's a lot in there. So that second part is like the delusion. Yeah, yeah. that part that of that is, is the that delusion. Is the, that comes from the idea wrong view, which is I'm, yeah. I am the perceiver rather I'm than the, the perceiver. observer. And I'm separate from them. Yeah. And it has a cascade 
of consequences. So the root fabrication is at every instance of seeing, we fabricate a seer. And, and seen phenomena and permanence. Yes. <laughs> and seen phenomena uh, are outside of this seer. Therefore, you must have a separate existence from these phenomena. So, and remember, this is happening, you know, take this on uh, <clears throat> um, from a biological point of view. What happens in the eyes? Light hits the eyeballs. Signals start to travel backwards through the optic nerve, hit various parts of the brains, get more and more and more complex. There's more and more organization in there. And to the point where it hits the visual cortex. And then from there travels to the frontal cortex. And that's where we fabricate. And the Buddha talks about I consciousness. A, a, um, a, a complex uh, consciousness in the sense of a complex thought pattern. And every sense has its own complex thought pattern or um, phenomenon. Phenomena in the mind. Internal. Yeah, how phenomena. things work yeah. together, internal phenomena. So again, this is where this detailed view of dependent origination is, is supported just in, uh, in what we know about the brain and how we function. And Siddhartha, 3,600 years ago, 2,600 years ago, had a, a right view of that already, which is staggering, frankly. <clears throat> so this is the root fabrication of dependent origination. Because this seer that we just manifested is automatically seen as permanent. We just made it. Why would we make anything that's fleeting? No, it doesn't make any sense until it doesn't have any value to us unless we make it permanent. However, this is an ongoing process. This is not just happened once, this happened second to second minute to minute. So now we are forced to keep this fabrication going. We came up with it, you know, we're not going to discard it. This is us, you know, we figured this one out. 
you know, and figuring out, I mean, this happens at, you know, at a really basic level. You don't see yourself doing that, generally speaking. It's not until you get deeper into, uh, uh, there are probably situations where you can see yourself making up a seer, where you, where you really start to identify with what you see with the person that, that is seeing there, the, the entity that's seeing there. So now we have the necessity to keep supporting and validating this entity, this seer. And how do we do that? We keep going back to the phenomena that we just created as fixed things outside of us, right? So that's, that's where we bounce this thing off of. The only problem is the thing that we're trying to validate this permanent thing with are, by their nature, impermanent. <laughs> so not only do you have your first fabrication here, you have also ran into your first frustration, your first stress comes right out of it. Because frustration is the prevention of fulfillment. You're trying to do something and you can't. Stress arises. So this thing has just run right smack through from one end of dependent origination to the other. And this frustration, you're seeing it, you, you find that it's difficult or impossible to do what you want to do. That now gives rise to craving. Because now you want things to be different than they are. You want that craving, the the tana, the, the thirst. It's it's pops right up. And if that doesn't work, then you just see things differently than they are. <laughs> now you're in delusion. Also a helpful thing. So you have craving, you have greed and aversion, you have delusion. I mean, right there on that, that minute level of, of dependent origination. And all of that <clears throat> greed, aversion, and delusion happens so you can support, you can keep supporting this root fabrication. It's like a correction against reality. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to pull this yep. to pull this in a different direction or to show 
where this fits. We go back to the Bahia Sutta. Because what does the Buddha tell a very accomplished monk with just a speck of dust? He says, train yourself this way. In the scene, there is only the scene. And in the herd, there is only the herd. And in what is thought is only the thought. <laughs> so he does an end run around the whole Dhamma. And he puts his nose right into the first fabrication. Mm. <clears throat> Which is why that was all it took for Bahia for his mind to clear. Mm. And if it wasn't for this pesky cow, <laughs> there would have been a brilliant teacher there. And also look at what we do in jhana. We watch the phenomenon arise and pass away. And we try not to get attached to it. We try not to attach somebody who's seeing the phenomenon, getting distracted by the phenomenon. Mm. It's the same root fabrication that we're trying to undo here. Very simple. Um, <clears throat> See if we can go further in this. Yeah, we've already taken a couple of steps. We've gone from fabrication to consciousness. We've gone from, we've hit high consciousness. And then, Name and form equals the next. And what is name and form? Feeling, perception, intention, contact, and attention. This is called name. The four great elements. Uh, fire, wind, water, and earth, and form, and and the form dependent on the four elements. This is called form. This is called name and form. So, feeling, perception, intention, contact, and attention. We're already working on that. So you can see how they're out of this first fabrication. These things are cascading down and getting more complex. And we've already seen how um, 
let's see, from there there's contact. So, and this is uh, where, this is not just seeing, this is not just hearing, we're already um, taking contact as a, as a whole thing in. We've already established a pretty solid identity, the name and form. We've already stuck it to, to the body. We've gone then to... So it's an ignorant contact. To ignorant contact, validating back and forth. The six senses now get more defined. Next step. <laughs> so you know it's it's uh, it to me it's a, just a fascinating subject. Um, I've always been uh, in in the back end of um, the Ben and the region. The Ben and the region, the big organization, is there's all this stuff happening in the mind, which finally leads to craving. Mm. You know, and the craving is the center point of the four noble truth, anyhow. You know, stress, the rising of craving, the end of craving, the eightfold path. You mentioned craving, then comes delusion. Did you say that? Yes. Um, Which I thought was Yes. Um, um, delusion is a part of craving. Mm. Okay. Craving so, leads to... So craving is, is wanting things to be different than yeah. they are. Delusion is just seeing things different than they are. Yeah. What I, or I need this to be different yeah. in order yeah. to be at peace to call. Right. What I, what I, if I can, I can just speak out. No, no, good. What I, what hit me from that was understanding how someone can do horrible things because of this. Mm. Mm, yes. I mean, you can see what happened in their mind. Right. You know, right. Yeah. To get them there, and they just they just believe that that's, they're right. Yeah, that's why. And it, to be able to actually understand that, and see that, and really realize that that's really what happened mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Amazing. Which which well, makes it very difficult to to you know to get mad at somebody yeah. for for yeah. for doing something. Yeah. What what is just unbelievable. Yes. But if you start to understand that all of these come from a fabricated sense of self, you know. Um, so it could think be that, the same thing. It could be just. It could be a noble great thing. But it's not with understanding, it's just mm -hmm. another person's delusion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and but I mean that just that our, you know, that that my everyday delusion and my experience of that is the same as yes. it's the same process mm -hmm. that leads to the delusion of murdering someone. Mm -hmm. And that 
for me, that just brings me like, like I just can't help but have compassion for everyone mm -hmm. and for every action. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all from. It's all from delusion. delusion. It's all from that. And, um, and also this is where why it's so important to train yourself in this manner. Mm -hmm. Oh God, yes. Because yeah. now you are vulnerable to the same yes. possibility. And, and, exactly. you, and you will do harm yes. if you don't. Right. And yes. you know, this is why understanding stress is what the Buddha was after. You can't you can't keep really. You can't keep dependent origination from happening. You can only understand it, right? Right. <clears throat> you can only understand it. Yeah. The, the process will still keep happening. But, but if, you, if you, if you are aware of it, it right. will no longer have an effect on you. It won't ride your, it won't drive your actions anymore. It will stop making you cause harm. To yourself, <laughs> firstly, but to others too, and it allows you to to have this compassion for others, even if they get in line in front of you, you know, the small thing, or even if they shoot up a school, it's the same stuff, which in a way is scary, but. Um, But if, if you see that suffering and delusion happening in front of you, you can actually see it and no longer get completely knocked over by it. You know, it, it, there's no longer despair there. That's what, that's what it does for me. You know, I, I you know, the school shootings are, are just a, 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 an example of, of all that. You know, it, it's purely American phenomenon. And um, look at it long enough and you see the actual individual delusions that have fueled this. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's in the American psyche. Um, and it's now a direct, it's, it's, a requisite condition <coughs> doesn't make you very optimistic about how to how to end this, um, but it'll no longer cause you despair because you you have an understanding of the of the fabrications and the delusion that's behind it. Well, it helps you to be as skillful as you possibly can be in the face of this right. yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. You're more in that reality than That's I it. am. Yeah. And for me, it's just you know stuff on the news, and it's like oh my god, there's another one. You know, and then you see the talking heads, and you know what we can do about it, and you can. Yeah, I don't watch the talking heads. Yeah, it allows um, you to see the building blocks of any stress. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's no different from the smallest to the most 
mm-hmm. newsworthy right. to the things that you never see. Mm-hmm. It's all the same building blocks. Yeah, so when you say, I can't believe we haven't learned anything in 2,600 years. Yeah, you did. Because yeah. unless you have practice, right. therefore. And we we actually, we're the ones that have learned something. In, in our trying to understand suffering in our mm-hmm. own little world mm-hmm. is the same building blocks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've had this, the great fortune of yeah. finding someone who understood and knew how to teach it, knew how to pass it on. Um, and you know, the, the ten thousands, hundreds of thousands of monks that have just passed the teachings on, you know, sometimes not even knowing what they were passing on, but they did. And we're here to, um, to reap the benefits of that. That's, that's really, that's amazing. You know, from a time where, you know, we're talking early Iron Age, <laughs> That's really what you know the the, the time um, and um, here we are in this incredibly complex overloaded planet and it still holds and it still works and it's more still, than ever right yeah more, yeah 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 the, the more you're dealing with the the uh, the better this works. It's it's easier to, to see it right in front of you with all this. I think I'm going to stop it here. Cool. Because <laughs> we've bitten off enough yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, that was brilliant. Thank you. Um, and thank Dr. Feynman. Helped a lot. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> this was. Um, um I don't get many of those <laughs> blinding flashes. Um and uh and then at the same time I wanted to um uh, stick the Feynman method in there in there to make sure that there's actually, you know, I, I had something real by the tail here. Mm. So, online, <clears throat> from the top, marriage. Uh, great teaching, Ram. I, I'm. I took notes, and I'm really going to process the insight that you experienced and. Uh, brought to uh, this explanation. I feel like I have a glimmer of um, the experience that you had. So I'm going to think about that this weekend. So thank you very much for your insights and for sharing this with us. Thank you for listening and and your feedback. Uh, Brian. Hi, Rob. I agree with Mary, deeply insightful. Um, it's, It's fascinating to me that you know, I've come to the realization that the only thing contacting the senses are, you know, electromagnetic waves mm-hmm. that constitute these phenomena. There is no sound. There is no light. Mm. You know, we're we're making all of that up 
outside yeah. of our awareness, right? Like that's mm-hmm. we're fabricating reality. That like there's a there's another fabrication there too, right? Like we're making all of this up in our head. <laughs> so why do we attach to it? Why do yeah. we identify with it? Like it's there's no there's no real separation between the outside and the inside because the inside is the outside. Right. And 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 philosophers um, have, have have despaired about this stuff. Right. You know, if you if you read the uh, please don't but if if you read the the German philosophers from the late 19, uh, 17th and and uh, sorry eighteenth yeah. uh, and nineteenth century, oh man, it just uh, yeah. you can see them how they're trying to to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, um, and it's it's painful to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I appreciated what you mentioned too on the this that conditionality because it, it's it's been resonating with me that each of these steps and how interlaced they are and all of the the feedback loops in between them because you're right it's there's two different wave functions going on here that are intersecting that makes this complicated yeah repeatedly so uh-huh. thank you it does but you know um, pick any any link and and dive into it and uh, it will it will lead to understanding of stress and that's and this is why it was taught you know it wasn't taught to to come up with a, a nice philosophical um, foundation um, frankly you know, read the Nagara Sutta this is what he awakened this was his awakening understanding these processes um, and that alone is like makes you you know guilt this this piece of paper and 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 hang it up on the wall and frame it because it is it is so important thank you uh jeff how are you doing today well thank you ron excellent teaching it it's not gilded, but it's hanging on the wall. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, a year or so ago, the 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 first time I heard the lesson on dependent origination, cemented in my mind the wisdom of the Dhamma. It convinced me that it was the real deal because that was kind of a missing link for me for years to to be able to see an explanation of that chain and have it make complete logical sense was significant for my accepting uh, the rest of the Dhamma. Uh-huh. So, th- th- thanks, for, thanks for the lesson on this. Couldn't, couldn't go over Thank it enough, really, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, for me, you know, having been in other, other uh, um, philosophical systems and, and spiritual uh, realms as well, um, I used to actually kind of get my hackles up over over the the uh, the dryness of, of the Dharma, but once I really investigated it, um, there was just nothing but um, wonder and admiration for for this because it's it's a solid whole. It is just. Um, it's flawless. So far as I can tell, Ram, as many times as I have looked through this and said, aha, here's a flaw 
in this. Uh, it, it invariably turns out to be my own ignorance and misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, Adam. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I like I like how you uh, compared it to, to nature because nature is always changing. Mm-hmm. So it's, everything's like impermanent. Nothing's permanent, you know? Right. Yeah. But that's about it, though. Thanks for your teaching today, man. <clears throat> You're welcome. Uh, Anthony. Oh, good morning. Thanks for the wonderful teaching, Ram. It was just detailed. Uh, spot on, you know, very, very personal, made a heck of a lot of sense. Um, and I appreciate it. And I was that Dr. Feynman, you said? Yeah, Dr. Richard Feynman. He yeah, was so a it was, 20th century um, um, physicist. It was good to hear that because when I prepared for trials, I would write out the entire opening and closing. Uh-huh. Well, got a funky link here. A method, because now I don't feel so crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, wow. yeah. I, 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 never knew it was called the Feynman method. You know, and and he probably just kind of got it from somebody else. But um, to have somebody as 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 brilliant and funny as um, as Feynman uh, uh, teach this to his students. Yeah. One of his books yeah. is called, Surely You Must Be Joking, Mr. Feynman. And then it would go from that to bullet points, and then it would go from bullet points to thin air, like nothing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If, you know, if I was lucky enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. But you know, it it it's a it's a great way to to organize your mind and to and to um and to check back, you know. If you cannot explain this to somebody else in simple words. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Feynman used to drive people crazy. You know, his colleagues, because he would insist that his colleagues would explain very complex physical uh, arguments in easy words. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, well, thank you. I'm going to sit in noble silence for the rest of this, but I appreciated right. your talk. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, uh, Tom. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Sean. Um, It's the end of the day for me here. And so part of me was just desperate to drop off and sleep. And I I even, but the other half of me was battling to stay awake because I was really, really interested in what you were sharing. Um, So, um, yeah, so thank you. I I, I really, really enjoyed it as well. And I, 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 I really got a lot from sort of lingering on dependent origination and in particularly the, the beginning, the fir- those first few links. Um, yeah, I found it really, really interesting. And so essentially um, the phrase that's earlier in Truth of Happiness about the perceiver, I forget exactly, I don't have it to hand, but the perceiver and the perceived, is that right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so so I, I think I get where like i i think i get it um but in terms of how we cut that link at that stage rather than me as the perceiver thinking i see this chair right 
which is which is already you sort of um fabricating yeah jhana meditation is supposed to sort of just cut out the eye bit and then the na- the fact chair and supposedly you're just supposed to yeah what is the scene is the scene right so you just see or feel or whatever you know it touch whatever it actually is and you don't you, you cut out um yeah that fabrication yeah where are you where are you actually in in jhana can um see this is uh in 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 thoughts because you tend to you tend to think that you are thinking mm, so yeah. you already have an established you and there are thoughts that you just made actually this is even more pernicious than than seeing because you haven't quite made the things you've seen but in thoughts you are the one who actually even makes the thoughts but there's still a separate entity yeah and, and this and is the eye the eye consciousness and the ear consciousness is that right uh-huh yeah but as yeah. you it's also uh intelligence consciousness or or um thought right. consciousness that that is also there um but as you get deeper into jhana you're starting to realize that it is just thinking that is happening. It comes and it goes. You're not the one in there. There's nothing being done here. And essentially the same thing can be uh, done in, in, in seeing consciousness because seeing is just happening. Right. And actually, as you get closer to that, as you get clearer on that, your seeing actually sharpens because there is no interpreter there giving it names. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, another uh, um, example here is when you meet people, you can examine them with your eyes, but there is already an interpreter there that is interpreting what you're seeing in that face, for instance. When your mind clears and you get this interpreter out of it, what's in people's faces is just clear. This is why the Buddha could could answer questions that weren't even asked, because he could see, you know, his his vision had had so little ego in it that um, those because everybody has, you know, your face, you know, uh, your face betrays your thoughts and your emotions. And, and how it has been. Your face gets set in certain patterns, you know, apart from, from what you're chewing on at the moment. Um, stepping out of that process allowed the Buddha to just meet people and answer questions that weren't even asked, but they were there. Mm. 
So, you know, th this is how the, this perception thing and, and, and the, the ego that, that, is, that is tied to that um, can, once you get clarity in that, and that, that is jhana that does that, frankly, um, it, it does allow you to be in the world in a much more effective way because the delusions are gone. You don't need to be things, you don't need the things to look any other way. You don't need to things, things to, to be any other way. Um, you can see them for what they are, which makes it much more effective to, to deal with it, you know, just to be in the world. Thank you. Thank you, Ram. Have a good night. Thank you. Kevin. Hello, Ram. Hi, everyone. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ram, for this teaching. <laughs> Pardon me. It's um, such a profound subject, you know, that it confounds us all. And you really did bring such clarity to it. You could tell how deeply you understand it and how you're helping us to understand it more. Um, it just, you know, to me, it, it just also points to the hopefulness of the Dhamma, you know, that we can, from these delusions, eventually we can see that they arise with craving and the second noble truth. And eventually that craving can cease. It is achievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just unlocks everything. Yeah. So That's, it's it's amazing thing. how that it's all, these teachings are just so profound and so, so perfect, like you said before. So thank you. Thank you. Sarah, good to see you again. Thank you so much for your teaching. And I'm sorry that I was late I'm driving to a, a conference, but um, I, I heard as you were reading about if if I can see this and observe it, then there must be a me behind that that mm -hmm. that that's not me. Now I thought that that was actually supposed to be helpful to me. <laughs> like I thought that that was a way of disenchanting from the world, but it hadn't. Uh, and I got that, but it hadn't occurred to me that there that that in and of itself was an eye making to say there's a me behind there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because obviously if I can then pass away then I don't exist. Um, so I get that. Um, anyways, all very helpful. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, and I have uh, uh, what you said about being able to answer things without being involved with the ego um, just the difference between m me interacting with a friend two weeks ago, trying to help her solve her dilemma, <laughs> and getting frustrated because I couldn't, um, I couldn't help her to see something. You know, I just know that that frustration when I can't help somebody um, yeah. because I want to be so helpful. And this week, when I'm talking to a friend, and and I just was able to step back and listen and help then her to understand by asking her questions um, that 
she yeah. was actually focused in focused on all of these things that weren't even real um, and all of these delusions, but she came to the conclusion herself that it was delusional. She came to that conclusion herself that that wasn't her. Um, and and it was just so, <laughs> I walked away feeling so good, <laughs> like so free, because it, it's not only that, um, that I wasn't frustrated, but also she's not then dependent on me for that perception. Right. She came to the conclusions yourself but anyways yeah very powerful stuff in that yeah. uh, that's at that point, you're, you're no longer you know you're no longer the helper even yeah so you can, or the you savior can drop, you can drop that part of your ego as well right <laughs> just liberating you know and it actually makes you more effective anytime you set out to to quote unquote help somebody um you've already set your first step into the quagmire um, yeah. because it's hard to get that ego out of there, out of, the, out of the, the, the exchange. And that's of no help to, to whoever you're trying to help. Yeah. Well. Thank you. Thank you for deepened understanding. Enjoy your day. Yeah. Um, do we have anything left in the room? <laughs> <laughs> Clear eyes, you know. Clear eyes, without yeah. second arrow, without and suffering that you have control over. You take the eye out of it. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, that's really what it is. Again, that's been said a thousand times, yeah. and you know, and, but you know, now you see uh, how, in, in what molecular yeah. way you're getting in your own way <laughs> every second. Yeah. But you know, we have Jana, so. Well, Ron, that was really, really excellent. And you did, you did explain it in a few words. Good, simple thank words. you. And simple words. So, I'll thank Dr. Sapphire. It was, a, it, was the, <laughs> it was the whole package without all the details, mm -hmm. but very clear and understandable on a, on a different level. Mm -hmm. And there are other sections of dependent origination that are that are pretty approachable. Um, you know, the, the section between feeling and contact. Um, you can get into that pretty easily. And again, it, it'll give you the same insights. The same stuff is happening there. Well, that's what I feel like. I feel like no matter what section you take now, you mm -hmm. have the bottom line. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you have you've given us really given us the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh and don't forget. Really excellent. It came out of John's writing. It know. did. Let's not forget that. 
Let's yes. pump up that little white. Uh, uh, those two little, those two little uh, sentences. But the other thing is that you have to spend time with time with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. and you have to go back and forth between cognitive or you know just understanding and experiencing, mm -hmm. understanding, yeah. and then it just they both grow. Yeah. So, a lot of times for me, this scary. happens when, you know, after breakfast, I'm, I'm, I'm driving to work and I've got a cup of coffee in me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this stuff starts boiling up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know. And, you know, while I'm in my car by myself, I can actually say it out loud. Right. You know, without being hauled off in a white suit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about it like that while you're alone uh -huh. is a really good way of learning it. Yep. Yep. But speaking it out or, or, or writing it out is, is the next necessary mm -hmm. step yeah. because you can do a lot of things in your mind, but they're pretty fleeting and you can easily step a couple of logical steps, you know, because uh, that's so difficult. Let's go this way. Uh, yeah. um, so that, that's, you know, that's the other part of, uh, of the method it, right. it is, um, it's important to a make it clear to yourself, which is not in thought; it is in words. I I always used to do it the other way: do the writing before I was in the car thinking about it. Uh huh. So yep. I I had sort of a you have a framework a there framework already, framework, and then and then you can refine, you can refine it. Refine it. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, whatever works. Right. This worked for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> And it's worked for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. And we will end <clears throat> with the Karaniya Metta Sutta, a teaching to those who are having a hard time practicing. Remember this. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, <clears throat> straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature, let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. Intending, may all beings be at ease, whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near, far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with the boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded freed from hatred and ill will. 
whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you, Ron. Thank you all. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. Thank you all. Bye. Thanks a lot, Ron. See you later. See you later. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.